Fletcher to Yamazzi. Durante with a free header. And the honour of Western United's first A-League goal goes to a familiar face. Bessart, Barisha. Connor Payne on the left. Alessandro Diamante with the ball on a string. And... Oh, Diamante! The Western service crew are celebrating. Oh, I didn't see you there. Welcome back to All Out West. And what another ripping week to be a Western United fan. Two solid wins in eight days. Victory dropping points to help us keep in second place. And and cities, like we're on the hot on the heels of City. How are you guys going? Anyone? Yeah, I'm good. I was leaving it for you, Scott. <laughs> I was waiting as well, but because I know my uh, internet lags a bit, so... Oh, no, look, I can't complain. No complaints here. You know, nothing to complain about here. Arsenal had a couple of wins, including Chelsea. So, you know, things are going well. Yeah. No, no, background noise. It's, is it your son? It, yeah. You slowly opened the ice cream. That is the loudest ice cream open I've ever heard. I thought it was my mic because I'm using the condenser today. No. I wonder where he gets that loud opening from. Oh, dude, he's probably got your loud breathing, Kelsey. Oh, my. Sorry, sorry for podcast listeners. What kind of ice cream is it? Just so for everyone playing at home. Yeah. It's a Magnum. That's half on the fourth. Oh, God. That's, let's move on. Okay. So uh, other than Noah being pretty bad at opening an ice cream and dropping it on the floor. Good work, buddy. Uh... Do you guys want to get into the MPL side with a bit of the old club update? Sick. I agree yeah. with that. Thank you. Good work, guys. Now, on um, April 19, Western United MPL teams took on Doveton SC at Warrior Reserve. The under-21s had a banger with three goals to two, winning, and the under-23s drew 1-1, which is pretty good. I'm, it's great to see these results coming out of the MPL sides. Do you have anything to comment on or...? I think we're doing pretty well overall in both comps, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't have the, the thing up right now. I was ill-prepared for that question. Thank you, Kelsey. They're not coming dead last, are they? No, no, no. I think they're pretty... I didn't think so. So they're doing well. Just, uh, give me a second. I can give you an update. You just talk amongst yourselves. And be... Let's just say they were first. In PL3 ladder, West United uh, is first. There you go. Uh, Dude, Scotty beat... leaks with the info. Yeah, we're currently beating uh, Melbourne City on goal difference. Ooh, might be beating them in a few things this year. Yeah. So, respect. Thank you for giving me the time to look that up. Now, there isn't much going on around the club either in club news, but I did want to take a moment to talk about the transfer market change to Australian football, which is going to be really amazing in my opinion. So what's happening is um, currently at all tiers, you cannot be reimbursed more than 50% of the, uh, the player's current contract. So what was happening was there was no real reason for teams to have players on long-term contracts. Now, Scott, well, I believe we talked about this in the service group group chat. And what's going to be really amazing is this is going to um, enable a new ecosystem of finance for a lot of clubs. And I think teams like CCM are going to do really well because they've put a lot of money and time into developing players. So I think that's going to be really good because they'll be able to like sign players on a five-year contract. They could have a bang-up season and any other club would buy it, could go, I want to buy them. You can, 
there's a it's helped to um defines how much money they are worth and um yeah could make some money off it definitely gonna be great it's also going to help finance that second division a lot of us are wanting because those like your south melbourne's um you know like melbourne knights a lot of those really good um sydney olympic all those really good powerhouse teams have been around for a long time well established will be able to get proper properly compensated for training and getting these players up to that level what do you guys think this is actually the first I've heard of it. So what is it based on the value of their contract on years remaining means you'd have to compensate are they compensating the remainder of that yeah. contract with a portion Wrong of thing. it then getting funneled into the lower leagues? I actually missed this entire article. Okay, cool. No, sorry, I didn't know you missed that. Well that's long story short. They it's just they're gonna be better compensated for youth development. So so we'll and, actually have some sort of variance of a transfer market in Australia. Yeah, Not, exactly. You it's, can grab a player when he's out of contract. Yeah. So, for instance, this could have probably helped in the Max Burgess situation. Yeah. So that's what I think it's going to be good. It's going to be also good to help um, fill out um, the financials for a lot of other clubs that don't have the same revenue streams of, say, a Melbourne City or a Sydney FC who have a good pipeline of money, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, well, it also means like when we've released, like obviously we released players so they could go to other teams because, you know, Valentino Yule comes to mind, Cavallo. That means we probably could have actually gotten some sort of fee for them instead during transfer windows. Exactly. There won't be as much mutually termination, mutual terminations. So I think this is going to be really good. That's my understanding of the article. Uh, Scott, do you have any, any thoughts on it? It will be pretty interesting to see which club takes advantage of it first, like which club's going to start signing players on a long-term deal rather than the the two or three-year deals they get now. Yeah. Well, they... You go. So I was going to say, well, that's the thing. Like, it's good for both player and club because the players can get security of a long-term deal, you know, and then, but then the club also gets secured the long-term deal in that it will bring the money, if, you know, should there be, they want to leave during it, should, it gives both, player and club something from this because hmm. if you look at the a-league a lot of the teams have one year deals <coughs> maybe two you seldom see unless they're academy players three four year deals they're done on a kind of an like we'll, we'll talk at the end of the season or midway season so this puts a little bit more options in the the tank for teams to sign young players and give young players minutes so, and also it would probably help their market value because it would establish that domestically, which is one of the issues I think Australia has is because we don't have this a good, a well-placed transfer market, selling players overseas, there's no precedent for that player or an actual market value in this country. So I think that is going to be a big byproduct of that. Well, just adding to that, well, the problem is you can't get a good value for any of the players because they're, they're either expiring that year or the year after most likely. So overseas clubs have a lot of power in that. I'm not saying it's going to like quadruple the value or anything, but it might add, you know, some you know some extra numbers to the transfer at least if there's a longer term contract. Like we might actually get our first, um, like, billion dollar player or some crap. Yeah. So it's it's once I think it's a small step, but it's a very needed step in creating a good fo- a football ecosystem, leading to a second division and pro rail. Yeah, I just want to talk about it. I thought it was really good. I forgot to put it on the run sheet. Sorry, guys. Uh, do you guys want to lead it into the game review? 
Yeah, all right. I, I guess I'll take over as pl- adversity our game against the manure bulls. See what I did there? You wrote something else. I converted it around. Uh, you mean the bullshits? Yeah, you wrote bullshit, so I just decided to call them the more PG manure bulls. Plus, they were manure. So, in spite of the short turnaround time, West United followed up the complete obliteration of Perth with a convincing 2-0 win over franchise rivals, the Manure Bulls. This took place in front of 1,569 people at Utah Stadium and was a fair effort for a Tuesday night. It was also 15 more people than Perth's home game in Tassie on a weekend. Cough that again, Perth. Make that 7-0. Um... So there are two main performances to take away from this game. One, Payne's return to form. Payne had seven shots on goal, three crosses, and one actual goal. And by gosh, did he run a fair bit. Can't believe you rode the work, gosh. We also saw his consistent linking up with not only Ben Grusho, but Lockie Wales, as well as really solidifying us up front. Did we underestimate his importance when he was injured in the off-season? I mean, during the season? Scott? Uh, I think he it was a well-needed rest that he had a few weeks ago. It's clearly shown that he's come back firing and ready to run again, which is probably what 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 he was really dying for. So maybe it might be a sign for a few other players in the future. Give him a week off. More of the consistent players. Give him a week off. Let him refresh. Get back to it. But it was really good to see him back to his original form well it's good to see him recover from that injury and in such a quick time because we since he like a number of crucial players kind of dropped out of our starting 11 we had diamante we've had risden and we've had connor Payne. and the main ones we talked about was risden we talked about gm uh, diamante in a creative capacity we didn't really talk about pain that much i believe caleb did so shout out caleb he's a big fan of connor Payne, and that's founded these last two games, he's been so integral to our attacking prowess, if you will. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of what he's putting out there. Hopefully he can keep it up. Yeah, I, I reckon he's really shot up that left, helped to shot up the left side of the pitch for us, both in an attacking and defensive um, setup. Yeah. Um, and then the second we... one, sorry? I was going to say the good thing is we are looking like we will get a week off. So an extra week rest for Payne and a few of the other players might bring him into really good form leading into the finals. Yeah, it would be good, especially as we got three games in a week for the final three games, I believe. Yeah, it's a very tight tight spell. I think it's like a Saturday, a Wednesday, and a Saturday again, uh, yeah. ending the Kentucky Tour in Adelaide. Quite nice. I thought it was Wednesday. Yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's uh two weekend games and a midweek game from memory. Happy to be wrong. Yeah. No, I believe it's Central Coast Jets. Then yeah, going in a time Adelaide. machine back to the year two thousand and twelve. I think that's about um, right. Yeah, no, it is right. Um, and then, so anything else you want to add about the kind of pain? No, you've nailed it all. Well, then we'll move on to the second um, takeaway from this, Jamie Young. Um, he does have, now, Jamie Young, according to this, does have his shortcomings, even though he's taller than three members of this pod. I'm not one of them, and neither is Leb, just putting that out there. Um, which have been exploited this season, but when the man is having a good game, he, he single-handedly keeps us within the game. 
He had six solid saves from within the box with and with 10 clean sheets this season and an average save per match rate of 3.57 saves. Uh, MacArthur did all they could to bash down the door, but between a, um, a solid defensive display, this was another great game from him. What did you guys think of his performance? Look, if I didn't have my little bet on Young, I probably would have given him three votes this week either way. He was, um, yes, he was very good. He did some amazing stops and really did save our asses. Yeah, he's. I think he's. he has his, his lapses in form, but that goes with any player. He is a great shot stopper. And when he's in the zone, he's doing it. Like, how many good saves? There was that really nice one just above um, his head and you just got a little hand to it. You know what I mean? I, I'm a big fan. I think we've had fair criticism this season of, of his performance. Um, some unfair, looking at you, Scott. Uh but he's genuinely been a, a game changer for us this season. And he likes metal as well. So he's he's got he's got three votes for me for every week. I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of what he's been doing. He's having a great season. And, you know, that's why he's up there in the player of the year votes. And I'll dare say the club will have him up there at the end of the year as well somewhere. Yeah. Um, now, I think the help is tip it in our favor. So already one nil up. And then in the 69th minute, uh, Mariapis, Mary Papa, Mary Mariapa, Yeah, Mariapa, I don't know. Scored a, uh, got himself a nice red card. What did we think about that little incident? I'll, I'll jump in if that's okay. Um, he'd been a bit rough all night and I believe it was a bit of a tackly thing. Like it just, it was unwarranted. And I think he was frustrated and kind of overreacted. It was great for us. I was hoping again that we'd lay them to the sword. Like I'm talking like Sapuku, like in a, like a Yakuza film where they like gut themselves. But um, no, I was, yeah, I think it was great for us, bad for them, and really just showed their frustration and their them trying to get those points to stay in the top six for finals. Yeah. Do you think that, Scott? Oh, you know, I can completely forgot about the red card i'm struggling to remember the game to be honest i think i remember the very last goal oh yeah we'll get to that shortly let's get right into that shall we so macarthur in what was a bold strategy went the nhl empty net and threw the keeper down for like the last three corners of the game obviously this would lead to an uh an iconic moment with privilege securing possession of the ball running gracefully down the pitch and just booting it into the back of the net with a way to cap off the beautiful Tassie trip of eight goals. Do you think this is a smart gamble by them to try just to try to secure the draw with uh, that late being a man down? Absolutely. They they were getting corner after corner down their end. Look, in MacArthur's shoes, they're do, do, playing to play finals. And what's the point of having your keepers, having a player be wasted down there if, the ball's down the other end and you're, you're within a, a, a small chance of winning. I'd take a 5% chance of winning, drawing the game with, with the goalie down there than losing it to Neil. So I think it was good play and I'd do the exact same thing MacArthur did. Losing to, to Neil, losing one nil, you know, either way it's a loss for them and it's not good. So they took a gamble and it didn't pay off, unfortunately. I agree. It was, it was a... 
you got to hedge your bet sometimes. Hedge your bet sometimes, and it was a safe bet. It, what's the difference of losing two goals versus one? Just and the succession of like corners that they had three in a row. Like they had a they were in with a definite chance, and Craig Noon was gassed running from side to side to do it, which was pretty funny. But yeah, they really tried to get those goals at that point and during the game. They had some amazing runs and. MacArthur are a solid team on paper and on the pitch, and they have their ups and downs, but they are a solid team. And Devia is amazing to watch. I'm glad he's in the league. Curdo, we he he had a great game as well. Miss him, but I don't a little bit if you know what I mean. I, I think uh, Young's a, the better keeper, but Curdo's still an amazing keeper, and he had a good innings that day despite conceding two, one when he wasn't actually near the net. But Priyavich. Wow, I was gonna put say he looked like a gazelle, but I, I did in the, the the text. But I didn't think you'd, you'd you'd pull it off as well as I would have. I would have read gazelle. That actually, I reckon that's what he looked like when I watched the um, replay of the goal. Yeah, I was just like, oh. And remember earlier in the season, this is not to uh, have a go at Dylan Wenzel Halls when he had the similar opportunity. I can't remember mm. which team it was on against, and had a similar opportunity opportunity in empty net and. He didn't have the like the he didn't finish it. It is what it is. But the power that he has in those legs just to belt one out that far like that far from it, well played. And it was just a great way to seal a Tazzy trip. Yeah, I was just, yeah I was very happy with this game. Any final thoughts on that part, Scott? No, I'll pretty much. Uh, look, all, all I'll say is I I think you actually summed it up pretty well. Better to take the dice, roll the dice and try and go for the one-all draw than to do nothing and be guaranteed either a one-nil or loss. You know, better to go down swinging, especially mm. when you are fighting for points and finals and positioning on the table within those finals. You know, that point could have been the difference between them finishing, you know, getting at least one home final as opposed to playing away in the first week and just getting eliminated. If we were in the same shoes, I'd want the exact same thing. If Young doesn't go yeah. down to our end, uh, the other end, and try and score, even now where we're sitting, if it's coming to the final two games and we're down one one nil, I, I want I'd want a draw, and I'd do absolutely anything possible to get that draw. And Young would be yeah. the first first person I'd call down within the last minute if the ball's yeah within the last couple of minutes if the ball's down that end. Yeah. The other thing too it did with the um red card is it helped them get trying to even up the numbers in the box. It managed to, you know, help neutralise numbers and try and give them a chance at, you know, mm. getting that draw as well. So I applaud their effort. I, I like a team that tries to do everything in their power to win and you know isn't afraid to cop an extra goal against them in that vein of trying to get a, securing some points. Yeah, hundred percent agree. He did a good play um, and, he, and um the coach did a fantastic play and um Lost because of it. I know, I mean, lost, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Didn't he get sacked? Did he? Sajik? Didn't. Oh. You might want to follow this Sajik up, but I'm sacked. pretty sure he's, he stood down today. I could be wrong. I've read Ooh. an article, something along those lines, probably about half an hour to an hour ago. I... Yeah, this morning he departs. Uh... Yeah, he stood down. Well, well, Scotty, Scotty looks on fire today. Jeez, I thought you, you guys. He is on the on. pulse. 
Scott, you're, no, you're a backing chart, mate. You're back on the podcast. You're dropping facts. What is going on here, man? You're like, <laughs> have you been doing prep work in the off season or something? What's going on here? Man, I've forgotten half the game. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Can I just be honest here? We, we should just step back. We'll just ask the questions because Scott's got his finger on the pulse. He has all the answers today. Hey, guys. Right, let's just leave it at that before I screw it up. <laughs> so, he he has, um, in his games as uh, head coach for MacArthur Bulls, he'd played 50 games, uh, coached 50 games, 20 wins, 20 losses, 10 draws. It's not bad. It, it seems like it was something with the management because he stood down he wasn't sacked so yeah obviously something he wasn't happy with led him to no choice but to leave so it's an official win rate of 40 percent. It, it's not you know great but it's still not considering it was a franchise team it's not bad in those first couple of years nah that's what i mean while like... you're establishing the dna um yeah i was a bit surprised by that like, yeah. John Aloisi is what, what's he Mate. at now? Oh, what's John the point Aloisi now? That... It... We've got a 56.52% win rate. Which is a, a great know. win rate for a club. Yeah, that's I was just having a quick look now. Um, yeah, that's that's a bit savage. I feel bad for him, though. Um, assistant Ivan Jolik, Jolik, sorry if I pronounced that wrong, has uh, is likely to be... Stepping in, I think, and they have been linked with um, Mark Rudan and uh, coach. This is previous prior to this. Ufik Tale, Tale is a good one. I've just I find, and this is coming from us who have we did like poach a lot of people from. Sorry, something just fell. A lot of people from Wellington and other clubs in our first couple of years, but that's kind of. I feel like Ufi is really solidified in Wellington. I don't know about you guys. I think that's... I I still find it strange that a coach has stood down because they're in a finals position, aren't they? Yeah. So I don't understand why a coach would be standing down in the middle. That's very strange. They did get pants on Friday. Something to do with the management and the Oh, sorry. they've, they've They've slipped to seventh. They've slipped to oh, Okay, so maybe maybe they're worried or I don't know. That's just very strange. Nine we wins. Have I have heard lots of issues within MacArthur. There seems to be a lot of issues going down with the yeah you know, between the owner, club management, all the club people. I think a lot of some of that is a lot of it. Like our us is everyone externally from those are very negative about it. And granted, there are a lot of problems with like. MacArthur genuine like ticket pricing and stuff like that, especially for away fans. Um, yeah, so we'll see how it is. Um, yeah. Thank you for any letting final me know about thoughts. Um, got the win, yeah. Got player of the year. Um, yeah, we, we got Stagic sacked basically. Nah, Victory <laughs> did that on Friday. <laughs> They played oh, victory they, on yeah. Friday night, and it was like four zero or four one. I'll double check oh, that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, they had two games in a week, and they I got Look, they got fully pants by victory. My final thoughts are: 
we had to get the six points in Tassie. We got the six points, and we got eight goals. That's with zero conceded. Ten clean sheets. I'm pretty impressed by that, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, do you guys want to move on to Player of the Year? Yeah, let's do it. May I take the reins, Kelsey? Yeah, by all means, you may have them back. Thank you, Kel. Uh, Scott, have you changed your one uh, vote to someone else, or did you you sent? Did I send a one vote? You sent two lots. Oh, did I? Yeah. Did you want one vote to Leo or one vote to MI? Leo. Did I say MI? Did I? I don't. Think yeah, you, you did. did. I think you're yeah. on the beers that I'm... night, man. Oh, did I send it straight after the game? Yeah, that's why I was confused. Oh, yes, I'll stick with that one because that was straight after the game. Goodbye, MIs only. Oh, you want to keep that? Okay, cool. Sweet. Now yeah, let's get back into it. Um, so we everyone tipped uh, Jamie Young for three points. It was a really good performance. Number of shots and goals, and he made the difference. Uh, everyone gave two points to uh, Connor Payne. Again, very big game. Great performance. Uh, Kelsey and Leb gave one point each to Kilkenny. Jay and I both gave one point to Previch. And Scott gave one point to Amai, who I think he's been really doing well in that right back role in absence of Risden. Just we hadn't spoke about it this game. Mm. And do you guys want to know who's currently winning? I'd say it's got to be Jamie Young now. Yeah. So he's currently winning on 90 points. Uh, Scott, if we get to give him a trophy in person, I think you should do it. Uh, coming second on 77 points is Stephen Lesticker. Third is Leo Lacroix on 72 points. Uh, coming fourth is Alexander Previch on 63. Coming fifth is Josh Risden on 57. And noting he hasn't had a game in ages... Uh, Lockie Wales is coming sixth on 53. Ben Garuccio and Connor Payne tied at seventh place on 49. Topper Stanley coming ninth, or eighth, sorry, like ninth um, on 43. Neil Kilkenny coming 10th on 38. Can, can yeah. I just say, in a way, like, I have to say thank you to Scott because if, like, Scott hadn't have, like, Dog Young got some votes early in the season. He'd be winning by a fair margin at the minute. I mean, it wouldn't even be close. Yeah. At least it's only 13 points, thanks to Scott. I'm making it even. (laughs) You like Robin Hood, but for points for Jamie Young. You're keeping the other people, everyone honest. But um, So it's very interesting. Do you know how many points we've given Diamante this season? Zero. No, you're more than that because I've at least given him one. Five. Five. So that's a quite interesting. Ryan Scott has one point, and that was from you, Scott. That was from the game he should have been there. Round 17, I believe. But yeah, we'll move on from it. Great to see. We'll see who wins the toilet seat. Uh, but I think it's kind of obvious who's going to win it now. Now, do you guys want to get into the game preview? Yes. Now, with two wins in the tank, West United keep the train moving to Gosford to take on CCM, who have been in fine form and position six with goals coming freely. Shout out to the Cum Dog. 
that F3 derby was, yeah. Oh, gee. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's. But that's what you want from a like a game. You want it to be heated and passion and dodgy refereeing. Newcastle, it's what Newcastle likes. You want you want a derby game to have some sort of rivalry in there. Yeah, I think that like that to me feels like a genuine rivalry. Um, but yeah, of the last seven fixtures, West United have three wins, three losses, and a recent draw in the rat with. Yeah, which was quite good. Come dog was having a good day that day. Um, of the last three games, CCM have scored at least two goals, with two of them sinking four against Wally and the Jets. And if you go back further, they've got fives. They are a free-scoring team and quite dangerous. This is going to be a real test for our defense and Jamie Young. So it's going to be like this could be a real high-scoring game. Depends how we line up for the day. Do we have that many goals in us? Is another big question. Yeah, CCM are peaking late in the season, which is good for them. Dangerous to us. Um, how, what do you think we're going to line up in a starting eleven perspective? Do you want to go first, yeah. Scott? Yeah, well, I would have to say there'd be no changes unless Diamante is back, and I don't think he is. But I can't say you, why you'd change it. The players would be well rested. They've had like almost a week off, so I can't see why they would change the side. And just to add to that, I don't think Aloisi Aloisi has not been one to make change for the sake of it. He's done it when it's been required. If there's any changes at most, there'll be one top maximum of two changes. I see him pushing the strongest 11 he can between for the last three games in the aim of getting that week off before the finals to keep them all fresh. There is one change that I would like to see. I want to see Theo on the bench. I reckon he's got that spark, the energy, the excitement. If we are down and we do need a boost, he is the player to make some real dangerous pushes and attacking moves. And I want to see more of Theo on at least the bench. Whose bench spot does he take, though? Like, looking at our bench from the last game, we got Ryan Scott, Jerry Skatardis, who's been decent in his recent games for us, especially as a, like a, we don't have a lot of depth in midfield when we had Kilkenny and Deer unavailable. Um, we have Bayou, Dylan Wenzel Halls, Milanovic, Parias, and Collins. Who would we drop on the bench for Theo Harris? We are stacked with forwards. To be honest, anyone. Theo yeah. can bring that other type of game that none of the other players can bring. They could, look, they could bring, decent in their positions, but if you're looking at an attacking sense, Theo is probably one of the most dangerous people that I've seen coming from a bench in the few games that we've seen him. I think he's even given a couple of assists. I don't think he's scored one, but I know he's got a couple of assists from his pace and power. Now, why wouldn't you stick that on the bench if you are, you know, if you're one nil down and needing that real dangerous attack I'd even, to be honest, I'd I'd rather watch someone like Theo than Parias coming off the bench because Parias, as good as he can be, Theo brings that lot, the, the quick pace, the quick moves, the, the trickery and something that can really put off defences. Interesting. I like the I like that idea. Mm. Um, I don't think we've seen enough of Theo in the A-League team. He's had, he featured a lot in the MPL 3 um, seniors. But he hasn't 
been able to transition that into A-League time, which is interesting. But he was a late, he has, a, a late signing to the club. He has had a few games in the A-League and, and he has gotten... A, no, I'm just a, saying a, this season. Yeah, but he hasn't... That hasn't crossed over to like much A-League time is what I'm saying. Like um, Alois, he t- tends to be preferring a lot of um, Bayou for one. Um, what's his face? Dillman's or Halls, Parias. They've all ha- getting that game time. Is that from... Are they training better? Are they performing better within the structure of the team? I, I understand his game plan a little different is what you're trying to say. Yeah, like I'm, 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 I'm not saying he's doing that. I'm just saying if there'd be a, a method to the to the madness there. I'm not saying it's mad, but you know what I mean? There's a reason behind it. There must be something there. Um, but I, but that, I do that, like your thinking also... outside the box. Sorry, Scott, just before you go, I just want to say, I do like your thinking outside the box. You're not looking necessarily at changes to the starting 11. You're looking at changes for what could make a difference if we had to make a sub to the starting 100%. 11. So I like that you're coming up with something different there. With this yeah, time right. where it's becoming really crucial, we can't afford to lose. We can't afford to draw. Uh, you stick someone like Theo on with these trickery and all that, you, people don't know too much of him. They, you know, Some of the defenders towards the end of the game are getting a bit sloppy, slower. And with his speed, his technique, the way he plays, he will really put off defenders because they wouldn't know too much to how to defend on a player in his ability. Interesting. No, hopefully he gets a good go. We've got finals coming. Um, hopefully he gets a, a decent shot. I, I think Paris hasn't been as free-flowing with goals this season, especially early earlier when we... We had Lockie Wales in that midfield role. Um, if I had a pick of someone random who I'd love to see back in the squad, I'd love to see Seb Pasquale before finals, get a little bit of game time, see how he's going. In saying that, if, say, he and Diamante are good before finals, which two players do? Because you've already said, as you point out, that bench is stacked. Who comes out? That's the problem. And we're winning. We're doing pretty well with what we have. Um, and especially having the sticker in midfield in the, like the, the middle role as opposed to, and yeah, I think with Wales going forward again, I think Wales is crucial to our forward line. I think we're performing better, but again, Kilkenny's available. Yeah. Who do you draw? It's, it's a bit of a conundrum. I'm glad. It's a very good conundrum problem to have though. Like it's a brilliant problem to have this late in the season. Milo and Skitardis are both the Diamante and um, well, I could be wrong. Squally's replacement with Skitardis. I'm fairly certain he's been on the bench most, if not all of the se- most of the season. He's, I could be wrong. He has been because we've got been such for most yeah, well, of, pretty much the whole season, hasn't he? Yeah, but I'm still, yeah. I just meant that even when Diamante was in, I'm pretty sure he was one of the bench options. I could be wrong. But I'm fairly certain he's been a mainstay of that bench. Milo's Diamante's replacement. They they play the similar role. Milo's more of a striker. Yeah, he's more of an attacking, an attacking mid, attacking mid slash striker. Yeah. So if you um, remember, whenever we did sub um, Diamante back earlier, and Milo was on the bench, Milo was the replacement for Diamante every time. I think that's because the game plan changes. We have like a like a, a Diamante game plan for him to feed forward. Like our, our positioning changes. 
but yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. I like I don't know. Like you know when you're talking about like I I'm interested to see what happens. Like our like defensive mm. stock isn't huge. We've got and I'm not negating Collins here. We mm. don't have any with um Amai being on the right back. We don't have any centre backs in the event of a yellow card or red cards. Uh, so we haven't got much depth there. No, we're floating with some danger potentially He's, defensively, but offensively. We've got almost an embarrassment of riches. That's my point. And like, wait. Based on the history of John Aloisi, he's not going to tinker for the sake of it. He's just going to make one, two changes. And if it's two, it's because it's forced. If it's one, it's probably just because he thinks one person's better in that spot. It's interesting. Okay, I, I hope to see... I would not... Sorry, I would not hate to see if we did get an injury or a red card. I, I wouldn't hate to see um, Collins come on. Safe. I've seen him before. I know he can yes. do it. Mm. So I um, dominated those games. Yeah, I, I hope to see him. I was more so stating that we don't have a, like, as opposed to like our midfield, uh, our forward line, we've got three to four guys we could swap out into those couple of sub spots. Yeah. Whereas defensively, we don't have that. Midfield. I think what he's saying, that. like, say hypothetically someone pulls up a hammy and then we get enough accumulation of the yellow cards. So we've got two defenders out. We've got Collins as one. And then. Outside of that, given the injuries in the current state of the squad, there's nothing else really there. We've got Do as well um, from the MPL three side, but he hasn't had that many minutes at A League level. So, like that, we do have we have we do have reserves. That's the great thing of having mm. an academy. But there are like, are they ready? As the the squads are quite limited size wise, and f- from the cap, all they do is stick um, MI back and someone like Pip. Parias is the... Oh, who was the right back? Remember, remember the um, right back. victory Pain. game? Pa- pa- didn't Payne start back there? Uh, no, it was... um, He was injured through that victory Crin- game. Who was it? Back? Uh, Crin played centre-back. Crin, that's it? Yeah. yeah. But but then our midfield's getting bossed. Um. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, out, out, like, we've got so many forwards and such an attacking prowess for for a defend. We play such a defensive counter attacking game. It's very, it's from a, a staffing perspective or recruiting perspective, it's a bit weird. But we should probably keep get going to a scoreline. Um, just a great combo there, guys. I got lost in it for a few minutes. Great point, Scott. Kelsey, uh, did you have any points you'd like to add? I don't think you did. No, no, I, I think he. I think Scott's actual initial point just sparked a really good conversation there, and I think we've covered a lot there. Yeah. Um, good to have you back, Scott. I'm tired. Me too, big fella. Uh, but uh, moving on, what do you guys think the scoreline's going to be? Scott, do you want to go negative. first? I'm going negative again because it seemed to work last time. <laughs> I think Central Coast... I think Central Coast are on fire at the moment. I just, I just got a feeling that we, we just can't see us holding on to the plate. And I just feel like we're going to drop one soon, whether it's a draw or a loss. I, I feel like Central Coast are on fire at the moment, and yeah, they've got nothing to lose. They just keep going as hard as it, hard at it as possible, and. Like I said last week, against Bulls, but Bulls went shit. But uh, Central Coast, yeah, they don't have ups. They're not having ups and downs like Bulls did. They've just got on and up at the moment. And I just feel like they might get an edge over us. 
Yeah. By going. what margin? Two nil. Two nil. Oh. All right. I've been thinking long and hard about this game. I just remember going back to Ballarat, the draw, they matched up on us really well, like player for player. I, I just remember that from the game. I have a feeling it'll go a similar way. I actually feel like this will be a draw and I'm going to go 2-2. Two, two. Interesting. I'm, I think this is going to be a goal of Palooza. It's going to be our goal at like our big scoring game, 4-3. And I'm going to take the boys. Nice. Look, I hope that I hope it's a four nil for us. I really do. I just got a funny feeling that yeah, there, there could be a late equaliser for one of the teams here, like late. Quite possible. Now, cor- correct me if I'm wrong. If we draw one game, we're still we're still equal first, aren't we? Well, we'll have a look at that when we get to the table. Uh, we're on twenty three games the played. City will be up on percentage. Goal I'll bring. I'll have well, goal I'll difference. Have, yeah, I'll have the A League ladder up in a second. Um, so if you you can you guys see that, it's just coming up now. Okay. Uh, yep. Is there any way to expand it? What are you guys seeing? Okay, cool. That better? Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot better. Thank you. So what so, are they on? They're on... 24 40... played, 13 wins. 53 goals scored, 30 against. Uh, uh, yeah. How many points. points overall? 46. We're 44, aren't we? Yeah, so we're two points behind. So a draw would put us one point behind. Yeah. Which would put it would okay. basically we would have to wait. Then they'd have to drop one of the final two or drop points there for us to have a chance. Mm. Uh, so we can't even afford to draw. Yeah, it, it's win out from here because who are City's last two games? Does anyone know? Just give me a second. Um, uh, a lot of questions without Welling- notice. Thank you. They played Wellington last. They played Perth and Wellington. I'm pretty Glory sure. and Wellington. Yeah, Ugh. so you got to think they're not dropping Perth. Let's just be honest, right there. Where's Wellington? What- Amy Park. Wellington oh. is the closest. But they are missing a few players, aren't they? Berenger, Berenger. I've, I always struggle with his name. And um, oh, O'Neill's also done. So that's their, like, defensively midfield. Like, that's a... they've On that same note, they do have a good... A lot of good options. They've got one at, like, is Great Academy and stuff. international... Is there an international week coming up soon? Any chance? Well, they're currently doing ACL, so they've like they've played a number of games. I think it's like three in the last week and a half. They drew last night, I believe. Um, so they've got that going on in the background. So whether or not that so fatigue... are both games at Amy, or is it one in Perth, one in Amy? Uh, the one is at HBF Park in Perth, so they're, they're traveling to Perth, but they're also Jeez, been that's a long bit of travel from Asia to Perth. That's actually better than flying to Melbourne. That shouldn't affect them. Like that's that's a bit of trouble in that last week. So who knows? Maybe, but I, I can't see him losing to Perth or dropping any points. In fact, I can't see Glory getting within four of them. Well, Sturridge is rumored to be back for the last couple of home games. <laughs> Wants to collect a paycheck before he leaves. I think he, he like he's got like 
he owes the team pro rata for like the like, like next season for games not played. Oh, I'm pretty sure he owes his barber some money. <laughs> Uh, that's about all he's done since being here. That's probably like, I, I. I genuinely feel bad for Perth after having like they've invested so heavily in getting a big name there. That and the COVID lockout laws that could financially bankrupt that club. And they've been like they're one of the old, the, the one of the oldest clubs in our league. Well, well, they're the original old, um, you know, national soccer league that currently like they're the original like, yeah, like they're the only original club that. Kept their identity. Jets to some degree because they were like a, an amalgamation of a couple clubs in the area from my yeah, understanding. Yeah, but, but I'm talking about Happy like pure history, lineage. It's, you know. Bad 90s uh, Windows logos. I get you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, but uh, I it's a tight race and it's I'm glad that we're involved in the race this year as opposed to previous years. Um, yeah. I'd like to get, get it from City. Um, but side note, top three teams, all Victorian, which is a, quite interesting considering the majority of the competition is based out in New South Wales. They'll fix that up next year. There'll be some sort of measures put in place to ensure that there is a all Sydney final series next year. There's going to be snipers out. Uh, <laughs> like, like even though there's only five teams, somehow there'll be six New South Wales teams in the finals next year. <laughs> it's a bit, a bit silly, isn't it? Uh, do you guys want to get into the tipping comp? Or any final comments on the game or anything? I really hope we win, um, but Central Coast are playing some good football at the moment. Yeah, 100%. Scott? Um, no, I'll be back. I'm just going to do something quickly, but I'm still on the headphone. That's cool. Carry on. Um, we might get into the tipping comp. Gals, is that okay? Sick. Yeah, I'm assuming methodical flamethrower is still coming first. How did you guess? Currently winning on 71 points. Coming second on 67 is Woods to 99. Coming third is Sherlock Machine on 66. You're not getting any prizes on for third, buddy. Mate, tell Nick I was going to say, you need to get up eight points in bloody in a week. Not going to happen. Um, Atrax is coming fourth on 64. Jeff FFS is coming fifth on 63. I'm coming sixth on 62. I'm making finals. Um, Harris Mania seventh. <laughs> Um, Megan BD is coming eighth. Levy's coming tenth. Shout out Irish Tony coming ninth. Uh, Brookie is coming twelfth on forty-three. The Joker is coming sixteenth on thirty-seven points. Uh, Heinze coming twentieth on tied nineteenth on thirty-five. And Gerald coming twenty-sixth. Good work, buddy. Uh, Again, yeah. I'd like to point out, not a single tip wrong all season. Uh, do you guys have anything for around the grounds? I was going to say, Scott come up with the Scotty leak earlier in the day for around the grounds. He's, he's had a big day. Can I can I, I start with a couple of things? Um, and if you guys just have a think about it. Um, so the Daily Record reports Keanu Backus has signed a two-year pre-contract deal to move this summer to Scottish Premier League club, St. Marin. Did I say that right? St. Marin. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, is formerly the home of uh, Socceroos midfielder Aaron Moy as well. And they're locked in a relegation battle. Yes, they are. They're, yeah. It'd be good for him. Like, it seems to be a logical move for a lot of Australian players to go to the Scottish League. 
I think because uh, like, Australia has a lot of connections to Scotland, A. B, it's also like it's it's a good entry-level kind of league into Europe. Yeah, it, it's a nice – it's like it's not a huge gap between the two leagues. Yeah, exactly. Um, his brother, Kieran, just as a thing, is currently playing for – The Kaiser Chiefs. I thought they were a band. <laughs> no, no, they're also a four club. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, do they have like a? They, they'd obviously have disputes with them, wouldn't they? What country? I, sure. I, I, I should know are, this. Is that, are they a South South African team? Yeah, they're in South Africa. Yeah, shout out. That's a yeah. I didn't know that was a football team. I just thought it was like an like an electro rock band. I learned something new today. Have you guys got anything for around the grounds? Uh, not from me. No. Okay. No last started. minute. Huge news, Scott. You sure, like you've been busting out some good ones. <laughs> sure, you can't just find one more for us. What's that? Sorry, the dog. I was going to say, could you just find like one more last bit of breaking news? Anything else left in the well? Um, this one's very hidden, so we can't really leak it, but, uh, Western United win the, win in the bike. <laughs> there you go. Uh, heard it here first. What a, what a crazy one. Um, what do you guys think of all the international teams coming to play in Australia over the next, uh, six to 12 months? Uh, we have like... That international friendly in Victoria, I forget who it is, and there's also so Argentina, Palace. Brazil. Then you have Man United, Victory, Man United, um, Crystal Palace. Palace, and you have Barcelona in the A League All Stars, featuring no teams that'll be in the grand final. <laughs> yeah, what are you guys' thoughts? Though? Is that over pollinating the the market here, or do you think it's going to bring a lot of new eyes to the local market? Look, I always think it's. A- it's- there you go. I was going to say, look, I don't have any problem with them coming. Um, you know, it, it helps them with their brand recognition. It helps draw interest for Australians to go look at the game and then they go, hopefully you get one or two who go, right, maybe I'll give the A-League a try. Um, look, I don't mind it. What about you, Scott? Oh, it's always good to see um, big clubs coming over and playing here. In Australia or Victoria, you know, it gets more people involved with the soccer community and looking, and you know, you might gain one or two more people that are interested in seeing some more local football. So, look, it's it's only a positive thing. But, um, yeah, you can't go wrong with that. But also, I, I don't know if you guys are aware, I just thought of it now, thanks, Ron. There is also rumours of Leeds or Villa coming down to play in Australia as well. That'd be Leeds are leading, Leeds are leading the race, but it could be Aston Villa as well. well One of those two Leeds do have a, a solid Australian base from the years of when um, Kuehl and Viduka were there back in the day. Yeah, they had a lot of Australian players have had spent time there. I think that's why they've got such a solid fan, like that local fan base, which is good. Like I literally saw a Leeds top from like the early nineties could have been counterfeit at the uh, Warnable 
uh, trash and treasure market. And also, if you do remember, uh, at the start of Western United, uh, Lou did mention that um, he would have liked to bring Leeds down. But he also that's right, was so. his one regret. So um, he actually he might, did... might have succeeded this time by bringing him down and versing, I'm not sure who. Hopefully us. The, I just want to see Ricky's brain explode. Who do I support? <laughs> um, he I'm also spoke a lot about watch Celtic. Ricky. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he also spoke a lot about Celtic. So, um, yeah. It's going to be interesting. I think it's good. I think it's like when um, more prominent music, uh, like like bands and whatnot, tour Australia and they get an Australian artist on the band, uh, the bill, like Amel and the Sniffers supported Foo Fighters recently in Geelong and stuff. And I've heard a lot of people talking about them now because of that. Um, same with death metal. Whenever they get a support slot, it's good for the old CV. But uh, yeah, I can only see positives about it provided it links back to our National League. Look, it, well, it, it gives them exposure against um, players from a quality. Like, don't forget, like all European clubs, they've got years and years of pedigree there, training things that mm. we just don't have development yet. It gives them a chance to experience it firsthand, even if it is just their academy kids. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Regardless, it's also good. Like, look at people like said Pasquale, who had a stint overseas because of it. It's a great game for our youth provided they're played to be exposed to a larger market because obviously that that'll get picked up overseas but if um, you do yeah, remember I... Kelsey, you'll probably remember it but um when liverpool were down how much of a talking point around the world were liverpool because of the amount of support they had that one of the i could be wrong but if not the biggest crowd liverpool have ever had uh, being about well, yeah, it was 90 90- 95. And it was the biggest, it was 96,000, and it was the biggest MCG crowd that wasn't a major final or grand final in the Australian code at the time. And then, as you said, it did make international headlines because of the um, when they sang You'll Never Walk Alone. Yeah. Yeah, that's insane. Um, 95,000 they had at least at the G. Just looking at a found yeah. video for it. Uh, it, was, it was close to like 96, I'm pretty sure. I think it was like, was it 95, 6 something? There's, I, d- I Googled it quickly. I didn't ha- I didn't do an intensive yeah. check. So, But uh, if we had two other people on the podcast, uh, you know they would have had a lead. Can you believe we spoke about Liverpool co- like consciously on the podcast? Welcome back to all that Anfield, apparently. <laughs> um, do you guys have anything else to follow on with that? No, no, I'm good. I'm good. That's that's cool. Um, any cards? Um, no, I'm pretty good at the moment. I can't be bothered hating on things. I just want to see the premiers play. Yeah, me too. I, I'm I'm loving this season. There's been lots of ups, a few downs, but I can't. I'm I'm excited to see where the club's going and how it, it's performing really well under Aloisi with solid recruitment. So um, let's just leave it there for this week. Um, don't forget to like, subscribe, review, and all that jazz. Send us a message. Say something silly about us on an iTunes review. I don't care. So, um, yeah, hope you enjoy uh, All West, aren't we? All West, aren't we? All West, aren't we?